All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Nick Sports Talk with your host, Nick Scortino. So today we got a pretty good episode. We got um, talking about the Final Four, um, some news uh, regarding the NFL, a decent amount of hockey talk today, uh, going over the whole trade deadline uh, overview in the uh, NBA, and closing it off with some scores from the uh, FIFA World Cup qualifying games. So let's jump right into college basketball. So the final four is now set with Baylor versus Houston and, and Gonzaga versus UCLA. I think that uh, Baylor will be able to defeat Houston. This is not because uh, Houston beat Rutgers, but I think that Baylor is a really good, well-rounded basketball team that plays both sides of the ball very well. Houston is a very good team as well, but I think that Baylor will ultimately get the best of them uh, in this uh, Final Four matchup. UCLA um, and Gonzaga, I personally would love to see UCLA win because I think that it would be awesome to see um, a team that has that was a play-in team make it all the way to the finals. And UCLA has been determined this whole tournament and has fought every step of the way to make it where they are in the Final Four. But Gonzaga is, of course, no pushover opponent. So... The, uh, the Zags are a really, really tough team to play against because they're one of the best teams in the country, and they are have a fantastic and potent offense that they run so well, and their defense is something that you don't really want to mess with, mess with. But I feel like this game will be a little bit closer than everybody's thinking it will be because UCLA has proved that they can play with just the best of them. So transitioning now into the NFL. The NFL has increased its schedule to 17 games and eliminated a preseason game. I I've uh you know, I wasn't really sure about how I felt about in, uh including an extra game in the uh, regular season, but I, I actually really do like this because the NFL preseason is good for teams to get themselves used to playing uh football at the highest level again after being on a break uh when the season's concluded, but I feel that three games is is plenty of time to get your team and everybody adjusted back to where they should be come start of the uh, new season. And I think that adding an extra game will really help teams make a late playoff push in this this upcoming season. And I think it will generate more excitement uh, going down the line and into the future. The Giants' schedule is uh, out now, and they're, uh, the home games they have, there's no times or dates yet for these games, but um, when that is released, I'll do a whole nother over. I'll do a more, little bit more of an in-depth review of uh, the opponents they play and uh, what days they play and the grade the toughness of their uh, schedule, or, or if it's easier, or if their schedule is easier for them. So their home games are... The Falcons, Panthers, Raiders, Broncos, Rams, Cowboys, Eagles, and Washington. And their away games are the Chiefs, Chargers, Buccaneers, Saints, Dolphins, Bears, Cowboys, Washington, and Eagles. So they've got they've got some pretty tough opponents in the schedule, but hopefully with this new look offense they've got going, I feel like they can really be competitive and hopefully, hopefully uh, make it back into the playoffs this year. Tyler Lockett has now signed a four-year, $69.2 million contract extension with $37 million guaranteed with the Seattle Seahawks. This is a good deal to uh, keep Russell Wilson happy and because Lock, Lockett has been one of Wilson's go-to guys uh, since they, they've got him. And 
Lockett, I mean, he's got the numbers there to to show why he deserves this because he's balled out these last few seasons. I really like this deal because uh, in Lockett's career, he's got 376 receptions, 516 targets, 4,892 yards, 37, 37 touchdowns, and averages 13 yards per catch. Last season alone, he had 100 receptions, 1,054 yards, and 10 TDs, and averaged 10.5 yards per catch. So I think that Tyler Lockett is the real deal in Seattle, and Seattle now has their has their number one receiver locked up for the next four years, and that's really good, especially now that Russell Wilson is still there. They didn't trade him, so it'll be really interesting to see exactly uh, what they decide to do in the coming years with DK Metcalf because uh, he's going to have to get paid. So we'll see how Seattle handles everything money-wise because they're um, they still need to get a few more defensive pieces in their team. Because they lost some guys, and they signed, they got Chris Carson back on a deal, which is nice, but they still need some other pieces to really make that football team as best as it could possibly be. Transitioning now into the NHL, Shane Gossesbear has been put on waivers for the Philadelphia Flyers. He was put on a day after the team almost lost to the Buffalo Sabres. This move is kind of confusing because... The Flyers said that it was to provide flexibility, but he has three years left on his contract and will have a cap hit of $4.5 million this season and for the next three years. But I feel that with this whole move coming out in the way it did, I feel like it's uh, Gossis Bears' uh, time to move on. and he'll pro- He's probably now hoping for a trade because uh, right now if he clears waivers, um, the Philadelphia Flyers can put him on the taxi squad. Um, and he, you know, obviously he won't play unless he's called back up, but I think that they're going to, because as of right now, it doesn't look like anybody has uh, claimed a waiver on him yet. So I feel like now it's time for the Philadelphia to start, uh, moving towards trading him. And I mean, his production has declined very fast. He is, uh, 19 goals and 59 points in his past uh, 145 games, which is not great, especially for a defenseman playing at his uh, that can be playing at his caliber. Um, but I think a change of scenery and a new system for him will probably benefit him the most uh, moving forward into the future. The Buffalo Sabres are now on an 18-game losing streak. So far this season, they have fired their head coach. Their best player is hurt in Jack Eichel, and they need to make a decision on what to do with the players that they can get some picks for or uh, young players to pretty much start a rebuild because that's where they're heading right now. Um, I think they'll end up trading Taylor Hall and Jack Eichel to get pieces back for both of them uh, and just start trimming the squad to lower their salary and... Um, being able to get some, get some picks back, get some young players, people to build around, and really um, just start a rebuild. Because that's that's at this point, that's all you really got going for you. Because you're not really going to be doing much uh, if you let Jack Eichel walk, which he uh, can uh, very soon. And I think that you know, yes, Jack Eichel is a fantastic player, but. If you can get a lot of stuff back for him when he's healthy, I th- and I think that they can, I think that that is the best move for them to then make with uh, regarding him. They have already actually made a move 
in uh, they've traded Eric Stahl to the Montreal Canadiens for a 2021 third and fifth round pick. Buffalo retained 50% of Stahl's salary, so Buffalo takes on 1.625 million of his 3.25 million cap hit, and you know that's the start of probably many moves for Buffalo. And it's a lost season, and I don't think that they have any leverage right now to make Jack Eichel stay. On Sunday, the New York Rangers lost to the Capitals 5-4, and goals were scored by Tom Wilson, Alex Ovechkin, Tom Wilson again, Evgeny uh, Kuznetsov, Colin Blackwell uh, scored two goals, TJ Oshie, uh, Alexi Lafreniere, and Chris Kreider. Uh, the Rangers then played the Capitals again on Tuesday night and won 5-2. Goals were scored by TJ Oshie, Nick Dowd, Philip Edel, Capo Caco, Adam Fox, Artemi Panarin, and Pavel Buchnevich, and Igor Shesterkin had 30 saves and a .938 save percentage, so it's a very good win for the Rangers. They're uh, they're playing really good hockey right now, so good for them. Uh, Adam Fox has been on fire for the Rangers so far this season as a defenseman. He has four goals, 26 assists, and 30 points, and he's really helped out the Rangers in these last few games, especially uh, on offense and defense. So... He's been an absolute uh, fantastic uh, player for the Rangers, and it's good to see these young defensemen start to step up uh, and really take on big roles for their uh, respective teams and show what they can do uh, when given the opportunity to perform at the their highest level and continue to improve on that. The Rangers will now start a two-game series uh, against Buffalo t- tomorrow night and uh, Saturday. Sunday night, the Devils played the Bruins and won 1-0 in a nail-biting game. Kyle Palmieri scored the long goal with an assist by Ty Smith and Jesper Bratton. Let me just tell you about this, man. Mackenzie Blackwood was the real hero for this game, though. A 40-save shutout for his first shutout of the entire year and a beautiful kick save to stop the Bruins from tying the game with seconds left on the clock. It was a great comeback game for Mackenzie Blackwood because he'd been struggling a little bit, still dealing with the uh, after effects of COVID and everything and getting his groove back. But Sunday night was a fantastic game played by him. He looked on fire, stopping everything left and right. And that kick save is probably is probably going to win save of the year because it was one of the most clutch saves I've ever, ever seen from a goalie so far. Unfortunately, though, the Devils Devils then took on the Bruins last night and lost 5-4 in a shootout. And it really sucks because the Devils were up 4-1 at one point, but the defense fell apart in the later periods and, and gave the Bruins the opportunity to come back. And that's the story of the Devils this season. They can go up in games, but when it gets down to really just finishing the game, finishing strong, they never they never do. And they always make it make it tougher on themselves to finish strong in games. And hopefully that's one thing that they can work on going throughout the rest of the season because it's not going to help at all, even in the future, if this continues to happen. Travis Zajac has become the fourth player in Devils history to score 200 regular season goals with the franchise. He's currently two goals shy of tying Bobby Holick, who has 202 for the for the third place spot on the list for Devils. Um, it's really good. Uh, it's a really good career uh, milestone for Travis Ajak 
it's nice to see, you know, he plays his thousandth game for the Devils earlier this year. And now he ends up uh, scoring 200 regular season goals with the, fr- with the franchise. So it's nice to see him continuing to excel and breaking all these different career milestones so far with uh, the New Jersey Devils. So uh, it's a really nice bright spot in uh, this weird season. Now transitioning to one of his teammates, Kyle Palmieri now has five points in consecutive games against the uh, the the Boston Bruins, and he becomes the first New Jersey player to do this, and I think that's great because, one, a lot of you know I'm not a very big fan of Boston-based teams because, obviously, I'm from New Jersey, so I like the New Jersey slash New York metropolitan area. Uh, and uh, all of their team, their respective teams, but it's great to see Kyle Palmieri really turn on the Jets and playing the way he should be, because uh, he started off a little bit slow this season. But now to see him doing what he, uh, what he can do, and showing showing everybody what he he's still got a lot left in the tank. I'm hoping the Devils can sign him to a contract extension because it's really nice to have, uh, you know, Kyle Palmieri. So, was born and raised in New Jersey, so it's really nice to have that type of player on the on the team, and to have five points against the Bruins in consecutive games. That's also fantastic for him. Uh, one last piece on the New Jersey Devils, and that's that Ty Smith is having a fantastic rookie year so far with the Devils. So far this season, he has two goals, seventeen assists, and nineteen points. And he's been he's really improved on his defensive skills as time's gone on throughout the season and he's really shown uh, like he's really shown a fantastic improvement and in his I mean granted this is his rookie season but still he's he's been playing very well and he is now one of the uh names atop of the list for uh rookie of the year and if he wins it I mean that'll be fantastic so but I can't wait to see how much he improves over time uh, if he's just starting to play like this now. So it's really, really nice to see. I'm excited for what the future holds with these uh, young devil players that are getting opportunities to uh, really shine uh, in this season. The Devils also take on the Washington Capitals on Friday and Sunday. So we have those games to look forward to this weekend. Now moving on to the NBA and the trade deadline overview. So I'm going to run through a few of the uh, trades that went through and uh, talk about them. So the Sixers get George Hill and Ignis Brzezikdis. The Thunder get Tony Bradley and Austin Rivers in a 2025 second round pick and a 2026 second round pick. And the Knicks get Terrence Ferguson. So this is a good trade for the Sixers. You get a point guard in George Hill and a, uh, you know, a prospect, I guess, because Ignis Brzezikdis uh, is... Uh, hasn't played that much uh, NBA basketball yet. He's been more in the G League for the Knicks, but you know, taking a flyer on him, seeing what you can get out of him. Uh, Tony Bradley and Austin Rivers go to the Thunder. That doesn't really mean much for the Thunder because they are rebuilding. So the, the the what the Thunder get back is essentially the two picks because they're just acquiring as many picks as possible. And I think they have like now they're get, they've got to be up to like forty five or fifty picks over the next like six or seven years which is ridiculous and the Knicks get Ter- Terrence Ferguson 
uh, Ferguson. I don't know a lot about uh, Terrence uh, Ferguson yet, but uh, we'll see what the Knicks decide to do with him. The Clippers get a well-needed point guard in Rajon Rondo, who goes back to the L.A. area because he was uh, on the Lakers last season when when they won the championship, and now he's back playing in the same building but for a different team. And the Hawks get uh, Lou Williams and two future second-round picks, so that's not a bad return for the for Rajon Rondo. Uh, you know, you get a, a very good uh, shooting guard in Lou Will and two future second-round picks, which could be uh, helpful for the uh, Hawks. Miami gets Victor Oladipo, and the Rockets get Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a 2022 20, first-round uh, swap rights. So I really like this deal for the Miami Heat. Getting Victor Oladipo to add with Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and all these guys on the Miami Heat, they've really turned into a, a powerhouse team in the East. And I, I think that this is a great deal to get Victor Oladipo, who he couldn't end up signing an extension in Miami, depending on uh, what happens with the rest of the season. But I think that... Um, you know, you only traded Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk, who weren't like you know fantastic players on your team, for a great shooting guard. So I think that that is a really good deal for the Miami Heat, and the Rockets are essentially getting younger and rebuilding. So Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk probably won't stick around too much longer with them, but we'll see exactly what the Rockets decide to do with those two guys. The Portland Trailblazers ended up getting Norman Powell in exchange for Rodney Hood and Gary Trent, who went to the Toronto Raptors. This is another great move for the uh, Trailblazers because getting Norman Powell to pair with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and uh, Joseph Nurkic and all these uh, other guys on the Trailblazers is a fantastic deal because... Now you have a three-headed monster in Norman Powell, uh, CJ McCollum, and Damian Lillard, which will wreak havoc uh, shooting-wise in uh, the rest of the season. I think that's a really good deal, uh, and I think that the Trailblazers just got another great shooter to add to their team that will be very beneficial for them going down the road. The Celtics get uh, Evan, Evan Fournier, and the Magic get two second-round picks. Uh I don't fully underst- understand this deal that much because they have Jalen Brown, they have Marcus Smart. I I'm assuming it's more for they and they have Kemba Walker. It's probably more for to have a really good, consistent guy in Evan Fournier coming off the bench most likely, or uh, playing small forward and moving Jason Tatum to power forward. So. We'll see exactly how Fournier pans out with the Celtics and the how the Celtics uh, do this season because they had hit a little bit of a rough patch, but they were about starting to bounce back a little bit. So we'll see what they decide to do, uh, or how, not what they decide to do, how they play uh, in the next few weeks. The Nuggets get Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark, and the Magic get Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a 2025 protected first-round pick. This is a really good deal for the Nuggets. I think that getting Aaron Gordon was a a great, great transaction uh, for the Nuggets because of how uh, he can kind of take some of the pressure off of Nikola Jokic to really help um, 
the team play offensively and everything like that. And he's a really good wing player. Aaron Gordon is a really good wing player, and I think that that'll really help out uh, the Denver Nuggets going down the road. Um, the Bulls traded for Nikola Vucevic and Al Farik Aminu. And the Magic get Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter, a 2021 first-round pick, and a 2023 first-round pick. So the Magic have essentially just gone into full rebuild mode. But getting a young uh, power forward slash center in Wendell Carter Jr. is nice. Wendell Carter Jr. hasn't had the best season so far, but getting a young piece like that is is great. And Otto Porter uh, is another good guy just to have to uh, fill out the roster. And two first-round picks for... Uh, Vucevic and Amino is really good, and the Bulls get a really solid center. So we'll see what the Bulls uh, decide to do because they still have to make a decision on what they're going to do with Zach Levine because I think his contract is um, going to need to be extended at some point uh, in the future. So we'll see what they decide to do with that. But getting a all-star center like that is a really good deal. The Nuggets get... JaVale McGee and the Cavaliers get Isaiah Hartenstein, a 2027 unprotected second round pick and a protected 2023 second round pick. So it was a good deal for the uh, Cavs to trade JaVale McGee because they they don't need him anymore because they have Jared Allen, who has been on fire for them in these last few few weeks. And um, the Nuggets get a a very good backup center in JaVale McGee who can, you know, Jokic needs needs a rest for a few minutes. Uh, or you can even move Jokic to the power forward position if you really need to. You have some options there now that you can do for the uh, team. There were two buyouts that happened that were very impactful for two different teams in the East and the West. So one being LaMarcus Aldridge got bought up by the Spurs and ended up signing with the Brooklyn Nets. I've gone back and forth about this deal, and realistically, you know, I, I was like, oh, I don't know how much he really offers to the to the Nets, but looking back at it, he's a he can be a great shooter, great post up player, and that can really benefit the Nets, especially him coming off the bench uh, uh, throughout these games and helping them when you know the starters obviously need some rest, so. I think that that will probably work out really well for the uh, Nets. Uh, and we'll see if later down the road it helps them get to the uh, NBA ch- uh, Finals. The other move, the other buyout that happened, which I think this move is one of the best moves that was possibly made throughout all of uh, free agency, and that is that Andre Drummond got bought up by the Cavaliers and signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. This move is going to be a very, very important move for the Lakers down the road, especially on their way to trying to repeat uh, championships. So the potential starting lineup that they will have when everybody is healthy is um, Dennis Schroeder at point guard, Contavious Caldwell-Pope at shooting guard, LeBron James at the small forward, Anthony Davis at the power forward, and Andre Drummond at center. The reason why this is such a big move for the Lakers is because Andre Drummond has proved day in and day out that he is a fantastic rebounder on offense and on defense. And having that type of guy be brought into the Lakers is really good, especially now with Anthony Davis and LeBron both out. They haven't had a lot of 
defensive help, and like you know, they haven't been able to get a lot of rebounds because Matras Harrell's a good center, but uh, you know he's a little bit on the smaller side, and Mark Gasol has just been horrendous. I mean, that's the best way to put it. He's not the same Mark Gasol that you know was on the Memphis Grizzlies or on the first year of the Raptors. He's he's declined a lot, and tonight Drummond will be making his uh, debut with the Lakers, so keep an eye out for that and. We'll see exactly how uh, we'll see exactly how this works out with the Lakers, and I'm but I'm very excited, and I think that the Lakers really got a, a fantastic player in Andre Drummond coming to the Lakers, and he'll be very helpful uh, come time for the playoffs. So, switching now to the MLB opening day is tomorrow, and I'm so excited for baseball to start again. I'm so excited. I'm a I'm a huge Yankees fan, so. Uh, I mean, a lot of you'll hear me talk about the Yankees left and right throughout the whole season, and I just I'm so excited for baseball to start back. I love baseball. I love baseball in the springtime. It's such a great time of the year, and well, hopefully the Yankees can make it to the World Series this year. But we'll see. Uh, I'll be keep all of you updated as the season goes on. So some games to keep your eyes on tomorrow. I think are important or fun. They're going to be fun games to watch. Obviously, the Yankees versus Blue Jays. Garrett Cole making, uh, you know, making uh, the start for tomorrow is going to be a great game to watch. The Phillies versus the Braves. Arizona versus San Diego. You get to watch Fernando Tatis Jr. in that, uh, you know, his first year of his contract extension. And going back to the Phillies, you get to watch uh, Bryce Harper in that game versus Ronald Acuna Jr., which will be a very good. Uh, game uh Dodgers with the Rockies obviously the World Series uh champions taking on uh, one of their rivals in the National League uh Mets versus the Nationals White Sox for, and the White Sox versus the Angels those are uh those are the games I think that'll be pretty fun to watch or you know if you have some uh, any ties to any of those teams to to watch them and moving on to our final topic, we're uh, right now soccer is on international break, and it's the uh, FIFA World Cup uh, qualifying games. And I'm just going to run down a list of some scores that uh, happened yesterday. So Serbia beat Azerbaijan 2-1. Cyprus beat Slovenia 1-0. Belgium beat Belarus uh, 8-0. Croatia beat Malta 3-0. The Netherlands beat Gibraltar 7-0. Portugal beat Luxembourg 3-1. Norway beat Montenegro 1-0. Slovakia beat Russia 2-1. Turkey tied Latvia 3-3. And Wales beat the Czech Republic 1-0. So that about concludes this this week's episode of Nick Sports Talk. Um, Thanks for listening and have a great day, everybody.